Hi again. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by A Life of Education. A Life of Education is the UAE's only dedicated health and fitness education website delivering health and fitness content to fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts from a variety of sections of the health and fitness world. With talks and lectures in areas of nutrition, anatomy and physiology, sports medicine, uh, female development, um, sports science, yoga and pilates, strength and conditioning, the business of fitness and a bunch more to be added in the future. Allo's mission is to bring leading experts from around the world of health and fitness together on one platform uh, to share their knowledge and expertise on a global scale. If you get over to www.lifeofeducation.com now, you've got a chance to win uh, one of the brand new Fitbit Ionics. Check that out. Check the website out. Put in your details. And uh, there's a little video there explaining what exactly a life of education is as well. Um, this episode of the podcast is with Declan Condren. Declan is, uh, he's from the same place as me, um, but he's based out of Austin, Texas. Um, he's from the green, green grass of home from Dublin. Um, we caught up at the MeFit Pro Summit last month with Matt. Um, Declan is the head of education for Hyperware, which are a, uh, equipment company um, that deal primarily with um, weighted vests and sandbags, kind of training modalities. So yeah, check this out. We try to keep it as uh, kind of informative about general weighted vests and who should use them and who shouldn't use them, rather than keeping it kind of as a as an infomercial. Declan's a real nice guy. It's a pleasure to meet him. So yeah, let's get on with it now. Um, this is myself, Matt, and Declan Condren. Pro Summit, still at the Jamera Creekside Hotel. It's lunchtime now, so there's a bit of uh, background clattering of knives and forks and people chatting. What, uh, what episode are we on now? I Most don't know. I, I have no idea. Lost count. Somewhere in the 20s, but I'm not sure what order we're going to do this in. Uh, so, I don't know which one. <laughs> but we've, we'll have done maybe eight this weekend. Yeah, at least, yeah. Probably more by the end of it, maybe. Yeah, a couple We did, more. like, five yesterday. We did one on Thursday, and then we're probably, we've done, like, three. Yeah, a couple today. more still we want to speak to today. But anyway, we're here with Declan Condren now. Uh, a man after my own heart from the, from the old country. Um, Declan is the main educator for Hyperware, uh, based out of Austin, Austin, Texas, U.S. Uh, just flown in for the weekend. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, hello. Um, so I'm Declan Condren. Uh, um, as Keith said, I'm the Director of Education for Hyperware. We're a, a fitness equipment company based in Austin. I've been in the U.S. for 23 years, but I'm originally from Dublin, Ireland. What part of Dublin? Uh, South Dublin, the nice part, Clondalkin. It's the, uh, the nice part. The, the, <laughs> nice the nice part of Clondalkin. There is a nice part in Clondalkin. Yeah, we're relatively close neighbours. I'm from Terranure. Oh, so the corner, yeah. The nice part of Terranure. <laughs> <laughs> All of Terranure is nice. Terranure is yeah, a nice little spot. 
Yeah, so um, tell us a little bit about Hyperware. Uh, so Hyperware, we, we kind of specialize in what we would say is uh, functional fitness equipment. Um, we are probably best known for our weight vest, which is the first product that we had come out. It's called the Hypervest Pro. It is the most form-fitting, uh, most comfortable weight vest on the market. Uh, it's a, an exceptional piece of equipment, um, you know, really high quality, but most importantly, it is, is the most comfortable vest that you can find. So a lot of weight vests you see out there are big and bulky and have you know, big metal plates in them. Ours is like wearing a waistcoat. Um, we also have a sand bell, which is a neoprene uh, disc that is filled with sand. And we have a steel uh, bell, which is a, a steel shot filled version of the sand bell. So that's our three kind of main products. We have a few other uh, products uh, along with that. So we don't really deal in metal like most equipment companies. Yeah. Um, we have sand, uh, steel shot, and then our, our weight vest will be our... our so how heavy products. did the weight vest get? That's the first question most people ask us about the weight vest. I was going to ask you why would you use it in what instance, but we'll go with Matt's first question. Um, so we're actually one of the only companies, if not the only company, that make them in multiple sizes. Right. A lot of times other weight vests just come in one size fits all. Uh, so we have everything from small up to double XL, okay. so five different sizes. So depending on the size will depend on the maximum amount of weight you can put in. Yeah. Uh, each vest holds a very small two-ounce uh, steel bars, sure. so the steel bars that are zinc coated. Um, so the vest has multiple pockets that you can insert the, the little bars into. So if you've got a small vest, you can uh, get max out at about 21 pounds. Yeah, yeah. The double XL go up as heavy as uh, 44 pounds. 20 kilos. Yeah, 20. Yeah, about 20 kilos. Um, yeah. And in what instance would you use? Who, who wants to use a weight vest and who shouldn't use a weight vest? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, actually. Uh, everybody and anybody c can make use of a weight vest. So a lot of times, again, people will think of a weight vest as, ooh, I got to be this you know, professional athlete or a really strong person or a CrossFitter or something like that to, uh, to wear a weight vest. But um, think of it as just an added piece of uh, weight or resistance that you can use for any type of workout. So we have a lot of um, older population people that may be you know, have osteopenia, osteoporosis, yeah. that don't want to go into a gym and start lifting, you know, dumbbells or kettlebells or barbells, but they want to add some kind of resistance to their activity. It might be just taking a daily walk or doing their household chores. So the, the doctor will say, hey, you know, go get a weight vest. And they, they like ours a lot because of the form-fitting factor um, and the, 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 the uh, fact that you can also adjust the weight very gradually. So you can start out with zero and go up in very small amounts. Um, then we have top CrossFit athletes, top professional athletes who will wear it. And they'll wear it for any kind of conditioning work, um, a lot of body weight exercises. Yeah, sure. Um, also, to add resistance to certain exercises um, where they want to keep their, their hands free. So rather than holding a dumbbell or kettlebell, uh, take something like a plyometric exercise. If you're doing a depth jump or a box jump where you want to have your hands free but you want to add additional weight, a weight vest is, is great for that. Yeah, that's cool that you mentioned the uh, the older generation. That you're the first sort of product guy I've uh, met who's actually gone down that room and said, like, look, this is actually functional for older people because that's, uh, that's something that I'm sort of interested in, like the senior training, because it's, it's such an underrated part of S&C, like strength and conditioning for the older generation because kind of force, agility, power is just as relevant when you're trying to stop yourself from falling and breaking a hip as it is for any athlete, you know? So it's, it's cool that... Uh, 
it's kind of at least sold in that sort of sense as well, like promoted in that sense. So. Yeah, actually, uh, a weight vest is very popular, as I said, with um, the older population, yeah. but our sandbell also, uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, as I said, the sandbell is a, is, a, is a neoprene disc that's filled with sand, so it is a soft, flexible, pliable piece of equipment. Yeah. It's, it's, again, a piece of resistance equipment. It is a strength training uh, tool. So rather than using dumbbells or kettlebells, which are, again, great, fantastic tools, you get an older population that may be a little bit tentative about swinging kettlebells. Yeah, yeah. You, you, we're essentially giving them a bag of sand. It's soft. Yeah. Uh, it's more friendly. Uh, the learning curve is a lot um, um, less than if you're trying to teach someone how to do kettlebell exercises. Sure. Um, and the safety aspect, if they were to drop it on their foot, uh, the shape of it and the, the, the sand itself, uh, the forces are dissipated across the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not going to do any damage. So they're not sure. going to, you know, you know, smash they're their not foot up. destroy their knee on the, on the follow-through. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, again, also on the... Uh, other end of that kind of spectrum is uh, the uh, the kids. Yeah. So I have a couple of kids myself, and as anyone who has kids will know, uh, they will break stuff and hurt themselves <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty easily, and hurt other people pretty easily. Yeah. So uh, our sandbells are great for training younger populations again for the safety aspect of it. And uh, if you've got, you know, we, we uh, sell a lot into K through 12 or. or um, the high school and middle school uh, um, kids, because of the um, kind of the liability aspect of it, they yeah, don't want to sure. have metal weights in there or plates or stuff like that. Where if there was injuries or damage done to the flooring, it could have a, a, a liability issue. So yeah, yeah, our course. soft sandbell products are great for that. So how did you get involved with it all? Like, where, what was your background? And you said you're a strength and conditioning coach first, was it? And then you sort of got into the hyperware from there. Uh, yeah, so I, I um, you know, as I said, I'm originally from Ireland, and I moved to the States a long time ago, and um, played soccer, so I had a, had a scholarship to play soccer in New York, and studied exercise physiology. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did my bachelor's and master's in ex-phys, and from there went into strength and conditioning. Um, so in my master's program, I was lucky enough to do an internship in strength and conditioning uh, with some, some college teams. And just started from there, went into uh, uh, training a lot of high school athletes, yeah. a lot of uh, high school soccer athletes. And then realized after a couple of years of that, that unfortunately the high school and college athletes, as great as it is to train them, they don't have any money. So right. yeah. went into personal training from there, uh, worked for Equinox, which is a pretty uh, well-known, prestigious gym chain in the U.S., and sure. I think they have uh, a location in London now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I worked with them for a number of years as a trainer, then went into management there, so we you know, managed their PT programs in a couple of their locations in New York, um, then went out on my own, did my own independent training. I started a um, fitness technology company with a former client who became right. a business partner. We made uh, iPhone, Android, and web applications for trainers and, and, uh, and gyms and then did that for about 10 years and just got sick of it and just decided one day I'm going to pack up and move to Austin, Texas. Don't, don't ask me why. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just went to yeah. Moving to Austin. Um, went to Austin uh, with no real job but uh, had some contacts, contacted um, our CEO at Hyperware 
went up met with him and he said yeah we're, we're looking for someone in the education field and I have, a, I have a background in education but also in content creation so filming of exercise images and videos um, producing uh, any kind of content text audio video that kind of stuff so he said you know we need someone to come in as our director of education and here I am here I am uh, sweet man and uh, so what, you, were, you were training the soccer teams in the US or was this in Ireland was it uh, no, in, in the U.S. So in I was US. training. A lot of it was kind of individual high school athletes that were yeah. looking to go into college. Um, and as a former college player myself, yeah. it was kind of a market that kind of found me or came to me that said, hey, you know, you've got a background in, in strength and conditioning. But you're also where a soccer player. Yeah, um, yeah. kind of still consider myself a soccer player, although. <laughs> what position think, are you playing? Uh, well, uh, as most uh, soccer players, as we get older, they kind of we, we start out maybe <laughs> – as a centre forward and then you go to yeah. midfield and then you end up with defence and finally you probably left end up back. Yeah, yeah. left back <laughs> so these days I, I play for a team in, uh, in Austin um, I play uh, centre half at the moment so, right you know, just where, park the bus where I can do the least amount of damage <laughs> yes yeah. And the least man are running. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's such a crazy discrepancy. Like you're saying they didn't have money when you compare it to like um, American football. It's a hot topic, level. isn't it? The, the um, amateur uh, college athletes, the amount of money they can generate for the top, the, the boards, but they don't get any of it themselves. Yeah, I mean, the, I was actually talking to one of the other presenters here, uh, Scott Moody, who trains, predominantly trains uh, high school, college, or sorry, high school and college soccer players. And we were talking about the whole um, situation with high school and college level soccer players in America, especially. And then we got onto the topic of the college players not making money and, and the, the colleges themselves making ridiculous money. Like We, yeah. we have the University of Texas uh, in Austin, which has the largest, uh, most profitable sports program in the country. Right. Not the best teams, but the most profitable teams. Yeah, they sure. make, on average, over $200 million a year Jesus. from the sports programs. $200 million. <laughs> now, the athletes, you know, people will argue, well, the athletes get an education, they get all the equipment and all the clothing and the food and lodging and all this free for four years. But still, I mean, $200 million is a, is a, a large... And the football team probably generates a vast majority of that. Yeah, so, for sure. Like, that's pretty much the highest paid S&C role in the world, isn't it? Like a college S&C coach for an American football yeah, team. Like, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the coaches are on seven figures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Seven yeah. figures, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll have massive contracts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge business. Um, is that just for, for uh, soccer over there? Is that for also, is it you talking about everything, all the sports programs? No, again, it'll be, it'll be tiered. So, again, if you take something like the University of Texas, the football coaches, head coaches, and maybe a couple of his other coaches will be on like seven figures. And, and that's American football. American yeah. football, yeah. yes. And then they kind of uh, scale down from there. But most college coaches are on, a, a, I would say, at big universities will be on a fairly decent, uh, decent way. Does that tickle your fancy? Um, not really, no. I mean, again, I was in strength and conditioning. Um, strength and conditioning coaches, I would probably put them as a separate yeah. category than mm-hmm. like the actual head yeah. coaches and tactical coaches. Unfortunately, the strength and conditioning coaches, I'm sure a lot of them do very well. Um, but uh, what I've kind of seen a lot of the times is they're probably the first guys to go. Right. So especially on a, a football team, yeah. um, they're the guys where... Uh, Hopefully I'm allowed to curse on the podcast, but you know, it's like it. shit rolls downhill. Yeah. yeah. And they're they're generally at the bottom of the hill, so they get, you know, 
a lot of the uh, the crap and unfortunately a lot of times if a program is doing poorly they're the guys who, who yeah. get, who get uh, some of the blame for it but probably yeah. get axed first that's the same in any team in the Olympic squads or whatever else yep. it's always like when it's going well it's the athlete and when it's going really bad it's the coach do you know what yep. I mean and then as you say the S&C coach is normally at the bottom of the heap yep. for those sorts of things but um, no I still think even in S&C I seem to remember I have a friend who's out there at West Point. He's one of the West Point coaches. He's a sort of British guy, but he was saying that some of the college uh, American football SNC coaches, some of them were getting paid sort of two hundred thousand dollars a year or something crazy for some of them. Yeah, I mean, some of the big programs yeah. again. The, the, you know, the, the colleges themselves are making hundreds of millions. Yeah. So they can afford to to pay the coaches pretty well. For sure. Um, but uh, it's it's an industry where I guess. If you're on a good team that performs well year in year out, yeah. you get some kind of job security. But you know, teams kind of flux. Teams go through cycles. Yeah. So you could have two or three years of making good money, and then boom, you're out of a job, yeah. and then you got to you know start all over or, or try and find another gig. And then you might be working up in West Point, and you know you, you get let go, you get fired, and you get a job in Southern California, and you get yeah, to uproot and move family or move whatever across the country, and so you can be bouncing around. Uh, I mean, you look at the pro sports, and I don't follow American pro sports that much at all. I watch some of the pro football, but you see these coaches getting bounced around all over the country, yeah. you know, year in, year out, or you get a couple of years in the job, and then you get fired, and you go somewhere else. And I mean, yeah, the money's great, but it's going to be a tough, <laughs> tough yes, life as uh, well. Not secure by any stretch. So how's life in Austin then? What's, um, what's the kind of the daily... Where you you're doing education stuff, so you're not with clients, you're not doing any sort of front facing stuff, or are you all uh, not? Uh, well, I, I do when we come out to like summits and, and education um, classes and workshops. You know, we're in, in front of mostly trainers these days, so I'm not training individual clients uh, like General Pop anymore uh, or as much. But uh, mostly these days, it's training trainers uh, on you know, how to use best use our equipment mm-hmm. uh, or. Uh, also going in to train gym uh, management uh, and then also our distributors kind of like what we're doing here at MeFit we'll train the trainers but we'll also train the MeFit staff yeah. on the you know, best practices for uh, telling people about our equipment day to day in Austin um, a lot of my time is spent uh, we have when I joined the company first we have a, a warehouse in Austin where we have all of our products and we, we make a certain amount in the US and we fill all of our product in the US um, so I actually turned a certain area, certain warehouse area into uh, a gym area. So um, although it may look like I get to work out a lot, my, you know, my wife uh, yeah. kind of complains. She says, eh, all you do is work out. And I'm like, that's, that's actually work. Yeah. yeah. So I get to, uh, you know, I do a lot of testing of our products, uh, shooting of images and videos in our gym area. and just trying to create content, put it up on, you know, our, our website or on, different platforms like YouTube, stuff like that, so people have access to our content and they can see what type of exercises to do with our, with our equipment. Is there much work done with weighted vests and breathing? Is there, is like, because what I found, it's breathing that I would struggle with. When I, I've worn them in the past. I used to do a lot, bit of work with the military in the UK, and they would do a lot of work with heavy, heavy Bergens. You know, we'd, have to, we'd also have to build them up, the rehab guys, with their fitness would fall to the wayside while they're going through their rehab recovery so right. part of the last thing we can do is 
push guys through a late stage rehab where we're actually trying to break them again you know, build them up and then we push them to push their heart put their lungs see where their breaking point is before we can give them back to the regiment for them to go off and do their their full fizz so what a lot of stuff we used to do was the weighted vest carries because they'd have to then put a backpack on their back yeah. um, and they always struggle with breathing and I, used to, I joined them on a couple of them and it was my breathing it was my like the ability to get the oxygen in under the under the vest is, is that recorded and studied or is that just another bonus that's on the list and um, I, I'm not sure the, the, the research and studies done specifically on you know yeah. breathing um, wh- while wearing a weight vest or how wearing a weight vest can help or, or hinder your breathing. Yeah. Uh, what we do know kind of anecdotally is, uh, again, just going back to the design of our vest, uh, it's a very comfortable fitting vest. So, and it's, it's got what we call horizontal flexibility no vertical uh, flexibility so it doesn't bounce, bounce yeah. it doesn't move around so it doesn't restrict your breathing like a lot of other vests yeah these might. ones did bounce it was just a black thing and you had these I don't know what it was little peg a little just slip it in the pocket a lot of times either little sandbags or uh, yeah, yeah. metal plates so yeah metal. really uncomfortable really yeah, uncomfortable only. so w- one of the, the again going back to our design one of the big things is we've got four different sizes there's, there's, as far as I know, there's no other vest out there that has multiple sizes. Um, so getting that comfortable fit for a person, I mean, Keith, you're pretty tall, so you would wear a certain size yeah. compared to you get a female who might be you know, five foot two. If you're going with a different uh, uh, brand, both of you guys be wearing the same size. So it might fit you relatively comfortably, but it's going to be you know, way too big for her. It's going to be bouncing around. It's going to be getting in the way. It's going to be restricting her movement. Um, if you're if you're running or something like like a um, kind of more of an endurance activity like that, um, it's going to be bouncing, it's yeah. be chafing, cutting into you, uh, and that can be really, really fatiguing, especially on the shoulders. So, first thing is getting your fit right, and that's the same thing. You talk about the military. I mean, these guys are carrying pretty heavy packs. Yeah, mm. if they've got a heavy pack, heavy backpack that doesn't fit correctly. It's going to wreck their shoulders, yeah, yeah. wreck their lower back. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to have, have them fatigue way quicker. And they're out on a hike or a march or something where they've got to cover a lot of ground. You've got to be wearing the yeah. right fitting uh, equipment. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, going back to a point we talked about in the, in the very beginning about how much weight yeah. the weight vest holds. Again, that's one of the first questions we get. And all of our weight vests we ship with uh, 10 pounds in. And then you can add additional weight. Right. And the reason for that is... Uh, a lot of times people think the more weight, the better. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to weight vests and when it comes to certain types of activities, um, you don't need that much weight to make the activity really challenging. Yeah. Sure. So if you go into something like plyometrics, which we mentioned earlier also, you don't really need a tremendous amount of weight. And in fact, the research shows that you shouldn't really be using more than about 10% of your body weight, yeah, 10 yeah. to 15% max. So if you've got uh, you know an athlete or uh, you know a person who's... Uh, you know, let's say, and I'll use the U.S. because my, my conversion rates are a little <laughs> yeah. bit off. These, let's say 150 pounds, which is about 70-ish kilos. Yeah. They're only going to use about 10 pounds, maximum 15 pounds, sure. or, or whatever that might be, like uh, 5 to, to 7 kilos. Yeah. And that's going to, you know, again, depending on the activity you're doing, the results that you want from it, that's a tremendous amount of weight to add for certain exercises and certain activities. So what's the actual material made out of then, the actual weighted vest? Uh, so we, the, the vest is it's a polyester material mixed with a, it's called Tyvek. Right. Which is, um, 
if you're familiar, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, like FedEx envelopes. Yeah, yeah, sure. When you rip open the FedEx envelope, it's got that kind of stringy, yeah, 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 yeah stretchy yeah. material in there. That's Tyvek, and Tyvek uh, is um, I'm not sure the exact fibers, but it's kind of a very uh, fibrous yeah, material yeah, yeah. that adds a lot of durability, but also flexibility to the to the fabric. And again, a lot of the other vests out there are made of stiff canvas yeah. um, or pretty stiff material ours is a polyester material so it's pretty flexible um, uh, which gives it again that nice comfortable uh, um, fit yeah sure anyway you're just bringing it all out to the UAE as of kind of this this sort of weekend this sort of time frame or have you been out here for a while now uh, we've been here for a while we've been with me fit for a couple of years yeah sure um, this is our first time coming to the UAE personally to to, to be here sure. know, in person um, to kind of support them and you know help get the word out. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, we're here to to again educate our distributors over here mm. about how to best tell people about our products, and also educate the trainers that are coming to the summit. Uh, a lot of them may not have seen our our um, products before, yeah. or may have seen them in the gyms but weren't really sure of what they were yeah. or how to use them. Of course. And what's it, who are the main gyms out here then? If people want to kind of test out your vests and so on, do you know like which gyms have kind of sort of bought the kit and which? Um, that I'm not really sure. I'm on the education side, not the sales side. Yeah, so yeah fair I, enough. Ju- I just does it. Uh, does a lot of new kind of uh, I've seen lately a lot of CrossFitters wearing them, running around the blocks. Um, I, I'm guessing did CrossFit Games bring in the weighted vest for something recently? It's almost like that's now the on trend thing in that community. Yeah. So uh, with CrossFit. Um, you have what's called your hero wads. So the wad is the workout of the day, and that's what CrossFit yeah. is kind of based on. Uh, so they have specific hero wads um, that are generally named after um, a, 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 a military, military person yeah, who's yeah. been killed in action. And there's a couple of ones that specifically use a weight vest. Um, the Murph wad, which is done on Memorial Day, um, that specifically calls for a weight vest because uh, the, the the guy who was named after Lieutenant Murphy was killed in Afghanistan. His workout was using his uh, his bulletproof vest, which was a 20-pound vest. Right. Uh, and the workout is a mile run. Then he did um, a 100 pull-ups consecutively, 200 push-ups consecutively, 300 air squats or bodyweight squats. Jesus. And then another mile run, and that's the the all with the, the vest uh, on, all with a twenty pound vest on. Jesus Christ! So that's done every <laughs> Memorial uh, Day, pretty much across every cross box, yeah, uh, CrossFit box in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of them will, will do it on multiple occasions. So um, there's a few other uh, workouts that call for a weight vest, um, and the, the CrossFit's kind of come synonymous with pushing the envelope in certain yeah. uh, you know elements of training. So adding something like a weight vest to a lot of the bodyweight exercises have come, you know, it's kind of become pretty popular in CrossFit. Uh, so we never really focused on that uh, um, community or that environment uh, up until a couple of years ago when we started to see uh, a lot of the top CrossFit athletes, uh, females especially, using our vest because it's a training vest. Yeah. Uh, there's another vest that sponsors CrossFit Games um, and... Oh, here's my colleague actually just bringing us oh, the best yeah, this right is the now. Best here, isn't it? That's what it looks like. It's um, way smaller than I was expecting. Yeah. It is like a waistcoat. It, it's a very form-fitting is it heavy? Uh, vest. Yeah, that's, that's a nice a, material. That's a well. small that we have right there. Oh, you would think that's just a waistcoat laying on yep. the ground. Yeah, that's cool. 
So the, we the, noticed um, the little metal bits. What, what's that? That's that's the, the little steel steel bars. Yeah, they're uh, very small. They're two ounces, and you can see there's there's seventy of those bars in this particular vest here, um, and that adds up to. Uh, actually, I think there's only ten pounds in that right now. Yeah. Uh, so can, you can completely fill it. You will get twenty pounds in it. Matt's just taking a photograph here. We'll try I'll and take a little up. video. Yeah. We'll try and get it up. But that's super small. That's super that's light. Cool. That's nothing like what I was expecting it to look like. Because I was yeah. thinking, I must be thinking of the one that you've just mentioned that is being the CrossFit is sponsored by this one, where it's, it's got it's the a military style name. one. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's one of our. Well, I mean, they are uh, they're a competitor, obviously, in the weight vest market. But they sponsor the CrossFit Games as well, so they've got nice deep pockets that they can uh, throw the sponsorship. Did money you bring that on the plane? Did you get charged for excess luggage? <laughs> uh, no, we actually do travel with them a lot. Although you, you get you got to make sure that when you're going through security, you beep, explain beep, beep, beep. that it is a weight vest because uh, you it's could not be a bulletproof vest. Could be mistaken for <laughs> other these, things. Oh, for sure. and these, this isn't Semtex. No, here. definitely not. Even though it kind of has that. Oh, what, what's what would you what size would you say that is? It's almost like the lengthy, smaller, bit smaller than your thumb. Oh, the bars? Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're about an inch wide by about two and a half inches long. Yeah, like little chocolate and chocolate squares. They are extremely thin, so yeah. a very thin profile. And that's what weight? That's 10 in there now, 10 pounds. Or that's such a nice design. A little less than five kilos. Yeah, we'll try that on when we're finished yeah. here and we'll have a little walk around. That's cool. I really like that. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest selling point is uh, the fit. Yeah. So when you put it on, you know, we just literally have to get people to put it on. And once they put it on, they go, oh, wow, yeah. You know, especially if they've worn another weight vest in the past, which is generally big and bulky, one size fits all, gets in the way. You can put this thing on and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a game changer in terms of uh, the fit, but then also what you can do with it. Yeah. So, so what kind of performance gains, hashtag gains, are you going to see from wearing one of those? I mean, if you're just a general run-of-the-mill pop, general pop, um, you've got your weekend warrior sport, whatever it is, you hit the gym a couple of times a week, what, how would this fit into your program? How would this fit into your daily life? Uh, it's a great question. So, again, depending on the person, depending on what their level is, and depending on what their goals are, their specific goals are, you can integrate a weight vest into your training in, in lots of different ways. So uh, if you start out with any kind of conditioning work, so a lot of people want to go out and want to lose weight, so they go out and they jog, and they jog for miles, and, you know, it's a very, you know, at least in my opinion, very dull, boring activity. <laughs> and, yep. uh, you know, I, no I'm not, not a big fan of jogging myself. Um, although I did play soccer for years and you know a lot of people would probably say I jogged most of the time when I was chasing a piece of leather like it's a, uh, yeah. trying to get there before the other guy um, so you know recent years obviously hit workouts have become a lot more popular where uh, you're doing that high intensity uh, uh, piece of activity and then a little bit of a rest period uh, so rather than going out for you know a five mile jog it might take you you know an hour or, or more depending yeah, yeah. on what speed you're going at you can reduce your, your time out there, put the weight vest on, uh, and do some kind of interval work, maybe some hill work, some sprints. Uh, and, and again, depending on who the person is and the level and what kind of research you read, yeah. you may actually be getting a better benefit out of that workout than going out and plodding away for an hour doing a five-mile jog. Mm, and again, if you like to go and spend an hour jogging in the, in the, you know, on a trail or something, then it's a, more of a for your mind than it is for your body, then mm-hmm. more power. But yeah. you know, not, not really for me. Then on the other side, let's say you're in the gym, you know, you're looking to gain strength, you're looking to get a little bit stronger, uh, maybe you want to get a little bit more lean body mass, um, any kind of body weight exercises, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, lunges, squats, anything like that. You want to add a little bit 
extra resistance. Uh, pull-ups is a great example. Mm. Um, you know, tremendously difficult exercise for a lot of people, yeah. but a really great all-round body uh, strengthening exercise, especially for anything from shoulders, upper back, chest even, all the way through your arms, grip strength, the whole lot. Uh, it's difficult to add additional weight. Um, you know, you see guys in the gyms with a weight belt strapped around them. And, yeah, so uncomfortable. 45-pound plates dangling between <laughs> the legs on chains and, uh, you know, any yep. male out there, uh, you know, yep. we've, all, we've all tried <laughs> it and thought, I hope this doesn't yeah, yeah, this catch. Yeah, twist. <laughs> so, um, you know, with a vest on, obviously you keep your limbs free so you, you can you can grab onto something like a bar and do your pull-ups pretty easily uh, ours because you know you can increase the weight in very small increments you can start out with zero and gradually build up um again any other body weight exercise like push-ups you know you can yeah. you can knock out 10 push-ups 20 push-ups 30 push-ups you can keep going okay you know i can do 40 push-ups in a row again it kind of gets a little monotonous and a little yeah, bit yeah, like yeah. Uh, boring so how do you make it a little bit more challenging yeah. more uh, difficult want to add some weight uh, you know stick a weight vest sure. on again it comes back to because we had a couple of guys on with TRX and with Viper it comes back on just knowing the piece of kit knowing the armory that it's going to give you when you want to put it into a training program you don't necessarily have to become the guy who seven days a week is wearing one of these for everything he does but it's good to know when you can use it it's good to know when to utilize it um, and then how you can get creative with the exercises you know say you want to do a you want like I'm thinking now that's that's useful for maintaining maybe some lunge strength or some squat strength if you if you can't hold a bar if you've got a temporary shoulder injury if your yep. hand if your hands mm-hmm. in a cast um, you can't hold something your rat your wrist is strapped up you got a hurty finger right put a weight vest on and let's just increase the load above your hip in that kind of instance um, is there anybody who shouldn't wear it is there uh, any swimmers. Actually, no. Um, swimmers. <laughs> we, Maybe not. <laughs> believe it or not, we actually do have swimmers who will wear it. Oh, really? wanna, it, it when you look at, at swimming, it's very it's, uh, challenging, let's say, to get a good um, uh, activity that yeah. mimics swimming not being in the water. So it, it's a challenge to, to figure out a way to strength train in a very sports-specific manner or, let's say, swimming, fu- swimming functional manner. If you're not in the water, so how do you add resistance in the water? Wear a weight vest. Right. And just so happens, ours is the most comfortably fitting, mm-hmm. form-fitting weight vest. So we do get swimmers who will wear it. Now, again, they're not, you know, doing all of their workouts in it, but they may be doing some of their sprint work in the vest. And then when they take it off, you know. So they're not getting into the water with us. Oh, no, they go in yeah, the water yeah, yeah. with it. Yeah. You can definitely swim. Now, again. I'm thinking death. <laughs> well, if you're a swimmer, obviously, hopefully you can swim. Yeah. I'm not a swimmer, so I would definitely not be getting in the water with a weight vest on. No. Uh, so I would not recommend you start trying yeah. to swim with a weight vest if you've never yeah. swam before. I wonder what the drag's like there when you do wear it, like how much re- extra resistance you get from it. Like, would it not just make you sink? Am I being a retard here? Well, no, you just no if you're, if you're hard, a good swimmer, you again, you, yeah. you want to add resistance, you want to challenge your swimming to make it harder. Uh, and you're doing, let's say, your sprint work. So, I mean, Michael Phelps, obviously, f- phenomenal swimmer, probably the best swimmer ever. He could most definitely put a weight vest on and still swim the lengths that he can swim. It would just be more challenging for him. He's not yeah. going to drown, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it would, it would definitely challenge him more than his average swim. Yeah, I can see it with someone like that, but I would drown. 
Well, you, well, <laughs> That's you, isn't it? Then I recommend you don't wear a weight vest in the pool. Well, we do. We, we are actually, uh, over the three years that I've been with Hyperware, uh, we've had some interesting, uh, interesting people come in and where we get a, lot, uh, a good amount of rock climbers come in uh, yeah, sure. purchasing it. Because you get hunters in the US. Hunters. Uh, like fox hunting? Like game, oh, oh, uh, like yeah, game like hunters? Whatever you call it. Oh, yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's tons of them, yeah. So, um, you know, they, they, we get all kinds of people who will wear it. You said, you know, some people we hear that say, oh, I, I wear my weight vest, I wear it everywhere. I wear it out, I wear it to work, I wear it to... I don't necessarily recommend that because, mm. again, it's like any training stimulus. You don't want to have it there all the time. You, sure. need, to, you need to have it for you know, X amount of time for whatever you, your, your goals might be, but then you also need to take that stimulus away for yeah. you to get the, 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 the recovery, uh, benefit yeah. from it. Um, for, uh, when you say, who do you not recommend it for? Um, it's not necessarily a specific person. But I don't recommend it for specific activities. Sure. So for longer, um, kind of steady state endurance type stuff. So let's say I was going to go out and run that five miles. Yeah. And I've ran up to, uh, I think, 12 miles in the vest. But I don't recommend it for long, steady state endurance type of work like running for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, mainly because as you fatigue, it can start to mess up your gait, um, which then could possibly cause some kind of... Um, you know, hip or lower back. Injury. So the way you're saying, you the way you run can start to become affected as you yes. fatigue. Yeah, most definitely. Let me ask the question a different way. Who, who's, who's the confused person using that when they will be better off maybe using a different modality? Um, does that? Yes. Uh, well, you walk into any any gym probably around the world these days but definitely in America there's a lot of confused people doing <laughs> things yes. they probably shouldn't be doing so we'll see people posting stuff on Instagram and one of my kind of I guess you call it I wouldn't say pet peeves but one of my favorites I kind of laugh at is like someone doing a squat with a weight vest on they've got a barbell on now they may have been doing some activity before that where they were doing let's say pull-ups yeah. and rather than take the weight vest off they just wanted to go straight into a squat but you know rather than wearing a weight vest and doing a you know, 100 kilo squat. Yeah. Do 105 yeah, kilo yeah, squat. Sure. And then, yeah. You know, so that's, that's probably an instance where I would say um, if you're using another modality like a barbell or a dumbbell, um, it's probably better off just increasing the weight of the, the, the other modality rather than adding a weight vest as well. Sure. Now, again, if you're transitioning from exercise to exercise and you just didn't want to waste time taking it on and off, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, you can use it then. Obviously, yeah. perfectly okay in that instance. So, for myself, I mean, you're asking, you know, what, what kind of stuff um, should people use it for? Uh, myself, the way I use it is, uh, you know, depending on what my cycle is. So, I normally do a four week cycle of training, um, focusing on a couple of different things. So, uh, in whatever training cycle I'm in, generally at the end of a workout, I'll do. 10 to 15 minutes of conditioning and that can range from any kind of stuff so I'll use my weight vest in that so if I'm doing um, you know, any kind of hill work sprint work uh, if I'm doing uh, kind of high rep uh, body weight exercises at the end um, as I said I don't like to jog so I prefer to do some kind of uh, short really quick high intensity stuff yeah. and I'll throw a weight vest on and that's my conditioning so sure um, Oh, I really like that. That looks cool. So, um, from here now, what's your sort of plan moving forward? What's the are you in Dubai for long? Are you are you shooting off the next day? Uh, no, we've been here. Uh, we came in on 
Wednesday, I think. It's been a little bit of a blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went from Austin to Dublin for a week and then Dublin to here and then I go back. So time, uh, uh, you know, what time zone I'm in is yeah. kind of still out of whack. <laughs> but we've been here since Wednesday. Um, we had some opening stuff on Thursday. Uh, we did some sessions yesterday and today. Uh, I actually have a, a, a master training course that I'm hosting tomorrow with uh, four of the trainers here from eFit so we can train them to then go out and continue the training for individual trainers here in Dubai. And then we're back on a plane at 7 a.m. on Monday morning, back to, back to uh, work. Austin. Back yeah. 30 hours later to oh, Austin. Jesus. We were talking briefly about Austin. You guys, you guys missed the hurricane. You, you got away with that? Yeah. So the most recent um, hurricane that hit Houston, we got kind of the remnants of it. So we had a, a bad weather weekend, like rained pretty heavily. Uh, high winds, but nothing like what they got in uh, in Houston. Yeah. They got pretty badly battered. How's the climate in in uh, in Austin then for the rest of the year? Uh, generally, um, year round, it's it's pretty good. It gets pretty hot. Texas gets uh, pretty hot. Yeah, um, you know, it starts to heat up June ish and July, August, September. You know, we could hit uh, uh, upwards, you know, high thirties, low forties yeah. uh, Celsius for multiple days multiple weeks at a time um humidity that feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know we're, we're, we're here in dubai it's pretty hot it's also very humid here yeah. at least this time of the year it felt um it's not as humid in austin so uh, a little bit better but for the rest of the year it'll we'll all start to cool down um you know as we go into well I guess uh, uh, Texans considered a winter, but being from Ireland, I would yeah. consider it uh, still summer. <laughs> still summer. Yeah. Uh, well, it, you know, I can get away with a sweater, you know, light jacket for the, right. the, the couple of weeks that we may have some cold weather, uh, and then uh, it's it's basically shorts and t-shirt for the rest of the rest of yeah. the year. We get a decent amount of rain actually. Being from Ireland again, we know what rain is. Yeah, but, I know about uh, it. Uh, we get you know really heavy rainstorms. Uh, it's not like Ireland where it just drizzles 360 days a year. Uh, we, get, we get about, you know, 30 days of really, really heavy rain. So we probably get more rain uh, by yeah. volume than Ireland, but it just all comes at once. So, uh, And then uh, I wanted to ask you, I can't remember what I wanted to ask you, but how does that affect sort of the the outdoor activities in Austin? Like, everyone does everything? Is there a particular style of exercise that people like to do? Like, Venice Beach has your beach water sports how's Austin kind of fit in, this, in that jigsaw Austin is probably one of the fittest cities in in uh, the US yeah. it has everything and anything you can think of it's got more gyms I, I was in New York for a very long time and New York has you know a ton of gyms there's, a, there's a, nearly as many gyms as Starbucks yeah, sure. um, but Austin probably rivals it if not beats it there's everything and anything in Austin it's got because it's got really good weather um, also um, a lot of people don't know that it, it is pretty hilly, so right. um, there's a lot of trails there, um, tons of outdoor activity. Um, so you've got everything, and we've got Colorado River and a couple of really big lakes there too, and tons of creeks and stuff like that. So there's a lot of uh, outdoor stuff, everything from uh, you know boating, kayaking, paddleboarding. Uh, you know, on the weekends. Myself and my wife take our kids through uh, Zilker Park, which is a huge park there. There's uh, trails in there, and there's thousands of people outside, like yeah. jogging, walking, biking, uh, pushing strollers. And then on the water, it's like if it's a nice day out, 
the water is packed. Uh, you get uh, UT has got a pretty good rowing team, so you'll see the guys out in the morning time at the crack of, crack of dawn. Like I, if I'm taking my kid to school at you know 7:30, there could be five or six rowing boats yeah, from yeah, UT yeah. out on the water uh, during the week. Um, there's uh, a lot of other stuff that I would never think of in Austin. There's huge powerlifting community there. Yeah. Um, yeah, strongman community. Um, there's a number of gyms that specialize in that. There's a lot of really good CrossFit uh, gyms there as well. Uh, a couple of them that went to the games uh, as teams. Um, Is CrossFit originally based out of Austin? Uh, no, they're, they're based in California. Okay. Came in, came in California, but there's actually a couple of the, I think, the f- original f- first 50... CrossFit boxes, a couple of them were in Austin. Okay. I think two or three of them, uh, the original 50. And I think there's uh, upwards of seven or 8,000 boxes worldwide now. So, um, yeah. yeah, we've got everything and anything fitness related. That sounds uh, amazing because that's sort of what, what people are, what's the word, kind of thirsting for here is nature. Yeah. Get out in the hills, get running, get climbing, get cycling, get paddling, get get swimming, run on your trails, nature walks, take the animals out. It's not so much, uh, it's not so readily available here. There is a lot of trails, but you need to travel a little bit in toward, into the desert, towards Hatta. Yeah. Right. If you like sand. Yeah, if you okay. like sand, this is your spot. <laughs> but uh, there's some, uh, some of those trails are a little bit further away than just pop out at 6 a.m., go for a run up and down the hills and back. Yeah, we're, we're kind of spoiled. Um, you know, I live probably walking distance to one of the biggest parks in Austin, uh, as I said, Zilker Park. And it has, I think, upwards of 12 miles of, of trails around the park, just in that park alone, 12 miles of trails that you can walk or run on. Uh, if you go further afield, you go, you've got tons and tons of areas outside that you can exercise in. Uh, it's also great, there's tons of parks uh, there's during the summertime you've got free swimming pools which is great again I've, I've got young kids so uh, you know it's a great place to take kids out to the pools uh, they've got splash pads for the kids uh, and at a lot of the parks they'll have you know all the swing sets and, mm-hmm. and climbing stuff for the kids and then they'll also have a couple of uh, those you know body weight yeah. kind of activity yeah, areas cool. for people to work out too so uh, you know really very outdoor exercise focused are you happier there than New York? <laughs> well, depends if my wife is going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> or not. Um, I would say probably yeah. I mean, I love New York. New York is where in New York were you based? Not that I know anywhere really. Uh, I was in uh, Queens uh, for a lot uh, in an area called Woodside in Queens, uh, which used to be very heavily Irish population. Right. Um, they've kind of and then you showed up. up. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I lived in Manhattan in the Lower East Side uh, in a kind of um, you know, pretty nice complex down there for a number of years too. Uh, now New York's great. I mean, New York's one of the greatest cities in the world, most definitely. Um, it has, again, offers everything. Uh, but unfortunately, it is super expensive. Right. And then, you know, when, when we had our first kids, we lived in an apartment. It was a decent-sized apartment, but it does start to get a little bit um, challenging, and it is expensive. And, you know, when you have kids, uh, you want to, you know, again, growing up in Ireland, you want to have your front yard and your backyard yeah. and, you know, have, the, have the access to allow your kids just open the door and let them run out in the backyard. And 
while New York does have a, a good amount of parks and stuff like that and a good amount of outdoor activity, uh, you know, it's not kind of somewhere you can just let yeah. kids just run mm. out the back. Uh, so Austin offers that, and, you know, it's, it's although it is getting a little bit more expensive there, um, it's not as expensive. You could definitely get more uh, for your dollar in, in Austin in terms yeah. of uh, space and amenities. Cool. Um, so where can people find out more about these online for the sort of take-home uh, so the company's name is Hyperware, so it's hyperware.com. Yeah, is that on Instagram? I'll tag this little yeah. story. Yeah, Hyperware uh, is on Instagram, uh, just Hyperware on Facebook, and it's uh, H-Y-P-E-R-W-E-A-R, like wear your clothes. Um, so uh, we also sell to a you know ton of equipment distributors, um, like in the U.S., our you know, main distributors are going to be Perform Better, Power Systems, uh, Rogue, which uh, caters a lot to the CrossFit community. Um, we've got distributors in Europe, here in Middle East, in Asia, Australia. So we're and obviously on Amazon stuff like that. So we're available all over the place. Awesome, cool. I'll tag this now. Awesome, yeah. Well, thanks for that. And where can people get in touch with you? Are you you've got a little YouTube channel where you're banging out exercises for people to see? Uh, yeah. Our, again, the company uh, Hyperware um, on the YouTube channel. Um, I have my own stuff, but it's kind of taking a backseat for. Uh, last year or two while I was uh, working at um, uh, or have been working at getting the education up and rolling for Hyperware so uh, my website is Condren Fitness um, it's not much on it at the moment I have to uh, go back in and revamp it uh, I'm paying for it but I haven't been doing very yeah. much on it so I should actually get it back up and rolling uh, but people can pretty much contact me either through through the company Hyperware or I've, you know I've got Instagram I've got Facebook I've got cool. uh, all that kind of stuff all right, well, cheers. So next time you're yeah, back awesome, in town, man. if you're back this way, let us know. Drop us a line. Yeah. And if yeah, either of us are out in Austin, we'll go and... Yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah, we'll awesome. go see, see what you've got out there. Yeah, come visit us. Yeah, cool. All right, cheers, Declan. Right. Until then. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye.